Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Brandon Boylan, and I am here with my good friend. She is more wa- more wiser. She's more wiser than Ahsoka and Chirrut Emway talking about the Force. It's Lindsay. Whoa! What? You know, it's one thing to say that I'm, I'm, I'm more wiser than them, but on that subject matter... That's something. I'm really going to have to live up to that now. I'm telling you, man, Rogue One and Siege of Mandalore were the last two Star Wars things I watched, and I have a lot of feelings going on right now. A lot of feelings. You know, I just always get so excited when you give me these great compliments, but then I have the brief moment of, oh no, now I need to prove him right. (laughs) Expectations, man. Expectations will get you. But we are not alone here today. Uh, We have somebody who is... A true real life Jedi, and I don't mean he just plays dress up and goes around and, and swings lightsabers. I mean he is actually living the Jedi practices in real life. Ladies and gentlemen, from Rebel Cause, it is Caden. What's going on, guys? Thank you. That intro, how do I beat that? Jeez. I mean, again, <laughs> expectations. And to be fair, even <laughs> if you were just putting Jedi robes on and going around and swinging a lightsaber every day, we're still here to support you. You do you, man. Hey, they do that for me, Caden. So, I mean, it's literally what exactly. I do. So, uh, we're not here to look down on anybody. But, uh, Caden, man, it is so good to finally be able to actually, like, sit down and, and catch up with you. Because uh, you've been a little busy, I guess. With- yeah, man. Absolutely. It is great to sit down and talk to you again, of course. Um, and to meet Lindsay for the first time. Officially, not on Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, we, um, well, that's the thing, you know, we, we are uh, friends on Facebook and all that good stuff, but now we finally get the chance to really sit down and dive into a lot of the topics that, you know, we'll always discuss online. So, yeah, but we've, uh, we've definitely been busy. Um, if you haven't seen on, on uh, our Facebook page or, or what have you, um, basically the day essential businesses were shut down here in Lancaster. Uh, Rebel Calls got to work and we started making food every day for the homeless here in Lancaster. Um, And we're doing seven days a week, hot meals for everybody. Uh, We're averaging about somewhere between 700 and a thousand meals a week. And two weeks ago now, uh, working directly hand in hand with the city, uh, Rebel Cause was given a homeless shelter, a day shelter, uh, to run in Lancaster. So it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's literally like, and you just are, you seem so casual about it, which I mean, <laughs> you're just like, yeah, we just, uh, we, we got a day yeah, shelter. Just, just where, uh, 7,000 meals a week. I don't yeah. really think I've had the time to process it yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Being 100% honest. <laughs> I know when we first started chatting and I was asking you about uh, uh, Rebel Cause and, and what got it started and kind of where you wanted it to go, this was 
kind of the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it was the pipe dream kind of thing. And to, to, to be honest, what happened was, um, <clears throat> we were delivering food to Bins Park. If you're from Lancaster, you know what Bins Park is. It's, uh, right downtown in the, basically right off the square. And it's where a lot of the homeless hang out, you know, and a lot of them sleep there and whatnot. And we were taking food directly there, but we were doing it in a very safe way. Uh, we were doing, you know, gloves and masks the whole time, individually portioned food and, you know, uh, silverware and all that for them and waters and, and all that good stuff. And someone from the city uh, tried to stop us from doing it. And I wouldn't be a proper rebel if I didn't say, yeah, no, you're not going to stop me from doing anything. <laughs> so we keep doing this. And they, they were uh, fairly insistent on it. So I told them, you know, well, after I'm done, we'll talk, whatever. And they kind of disappeared. And I was like, well, crap. Now they asked us who we were and we told them we were rebel cause. Like, what, what, are, what was the point of that? What are they going to do right now? So I was just like kind of panicking. I was like, I'm just going to call the mayor. I'm just going to call her, see what happens. And she called me back, like, within 20 minutes of my message. And I was nervous. You know, I didn't exactly know where the conversation was going, but it went amazing, honestly. Um, she gave the Rebel Cause crew all the props she could have, and she was like, listen, you guys are doing everything right. The reason we don't want people taking things to Ben's Park is because people are not doing it safely. And people are just leaving food out there and people are eating food hours later after it's been out in the elements for who knows how many hours and it's not safe. So she was basically like, I'm going to put you in touch with someone in the city to get you a proper uh, dispersal area for, for you know your meals you're making. And after I talked to the person she connected me with. They were like, listen, we're looking for someone to run this homeless shelter. And before she was really done, I was like, yeah, we'll do it. I had no idea. Like, we've never done it before. But with Rebel Cause, I've always kind of said, if I'm not nervous, I'm not doing enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, you didn't have, like, time to prepare for this. Like, you, I don't remember what day it was, but, like, Sunday you got told and Monday you were running a full shelter, you know, getting meals to people, right? Like, this wasn't like, oh, I've got months, you know, to plan and prepare and stuff. This was just, like, dive in the deep end day one. We pretty much had, like, a week. Um, okay. We were kind of told, hey, it's going to start this day. and <clears throat> But at the same time, I like, I really didn't have time because we were still doing the meals. And I was a part of it. I was a part of the meals more at that time. We kind of split the Rebel Cause crew. I'm a part of the meals only for, like, an hour, like, the packaging and delivering them. Um, but I hadn't had a day off in, like... <laughs> Since it started until last weekend. Last weekend was the first time I didn't have to do anything. And I still did stuff because that's who I am. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. We just kind of were like, all right, well, let's get coffee. And they have, you know, they have a TV in there. So we're popping Disney Plus on and watching Star Wars. But kind of see how it goes. And, you know, it's already so much different from two weeks later. It's funny because we say there wasn't really... Um any kind of prep time it was that fast turnaround 
And for you, once again, just to know so nonchalantly, just be like, oh, you know, we we had a week. It was good. We had a week. Meanwhile, I'd be there and be like, they only gave us a week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this, this really was like yeah. a quick turnaround. So I know that in in your mind, I feel like now that it's the ball is rolling it must feel like yeah we we did all this prep work but don't sell yourself short like that's absolutely incredible just because i i know from having watched this story unfold like you said you guys were still really busy it wasn't just here is a week where all you're doing is getting ready to take over the shelter no it was Here's a week. Try and find some time, maybe five minutes here, five minutes there, to get this going. So it really is just such an unbelievable story. And and I don't want you for a second to sell yourself short or feel like you didn't accomplish something absolutely incredible when, in our opinion, you really did. Well, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was crazy. Kind of. Uh, we're happy, you know. <laughs> Kind of just like I, I know we did this on the uh, the last episode we had you on, but we've have, had a lot of new people come on uh, since then. Kind of just tell people real quick uh, elevator pitch of how uh, how Rebel Cause got started and, and what the impetus behind kind of bringing this uh, idea of a problem you saw and Star Wars together. Yeah. So Rebel Cause is a group of Star Wars fans dedicated to uniting the fandom and doing good in our community. Uh, we do that by having Star Wars themed events where we do all sorts of different stuff, light, lightsaber training, uh, trivia. Uh, now we're going to start doing Star Wars laser tag, which would be pretty cool. I'll tell you more about that then. Um, and all that kind of stuff, uh, prop making, all that great, awesome stuff. And we raise money for the homeless. And prior to uh, cor- the coronavirus, <clears throat> we would basically sponsor meals and do them, you know, a couple times a month and kind of find the need in the homeless community and fulfill them. And now, obviously, we're doing, you know, six, seven days a week at this point. But Rebel Cause was basically born out of I was watching Star Wars Rebels. And in that first episode, basically, the Rebels steal that stuff from the Imperial base and you think it's weapons. Or something like that. And it turns out to be food. And they take it to the Tarkin Towns. Which just... I was like, wow. Like, that would be really cool if someone could do something like that. Like, in real life. And I was like, you know what? I think I think somebody could. And I think it could be us. Lived on the fall my whole life. Never been here. The Imperials don't advertise it. Locals call it Tarkin Town. Named for Grand Moff Tarkin, governor of the Outer Rim. He kicked these folks off their farms when the Empire wanted their land. Anybody tried to fight back got arrested for treason. Rebel Call started in the comic store a couple blocks away from my house, and like two people showed up, and it was awesome, and now our events are a lot different. <laughs> I'm expecting them to be even, you know, a lot more different after uh, after all this because we've had nothing but love from the community. Honestly, it's been uh, so uplifting to see people rally around us. It's it's crazy. That's wild. How many people are on the team as well? You know, you mentioned that a lot of other people are um, taking over that kind of day to day cooking while you go manage some other stuff. How many people do you guys have right now? Our solid crew that's there every day 
is my mother, um, Heather and Jenna. Um, they're there cooking every day, but our, our team is, is big, is a lot bigger than that. Um, my dad is, of course, part of the team. Um, he's my co-host on Rebel Chatter, our podcast. We have Skylar and Tyler and Nick Hughes and James Brown is up in New Hampshire and he hasn't been able to, to make it down because of all this. But we, we have a sizable team. Um, it all just depends on the day. Everybody has been hugely helpful through all this. But it all just depends on, you know, like some people are home with their kids and they can't make it out every day and whatnot. But yeah, we, we really would not be able to do it. I would not be able to do this without my team. And I mean, that's a very Star Wars lesson, right? Like the the rebellion didn't win just yeah. because of Luke Skywalker, you know, um, it, it was everybody coming together yeah. from different walks of life um, and finding a common purpose and a common ground. And I mean, I was talking about watching Rogue One just a little bit earlier today, and that's kind of, you know, what's happening there is they, they see a need and they find ways to fill it. So, I mean, the... It's really cool when you get to see the lessons of Star Wars put into practice and and not like not to to say that like Star Wars events like, you know, that happen at the library and stuff are not like super important, but it's like a whole nother level. I feel like when um, it's not a, a the city organizing it or it's not like some outside organization doing it, but it's actually like the fans of Star Wars putting these events together you know, um, and putting these things together. It's just, mm-hmm. it's very cool that I, I don't know if there's any other like series of, uh, or, or anything that, that does it like star Wars fans do. But I think the difference is, yeah, very true. and, and not to, you know, like you said, bash on these city run events or something like that, because yes, those are important. Those are a lot of fun. But it almost seems like more of a marketing gimmick most of the time. Yeah. Where it's not, you know, come have this Star Wars event, meet other fans, and and see this big impact. It's, hey, here's your tax dollars at work. Here's something fun to do. Yeah. Um, Whereas when it's stuff like this and it's put together by the fans, it really has that deeper meaning to it. And it's a fan being able to say, this is how I've adopted it, Star Wars into my own life and the person it's made me. And look, I'm able to project that back. And Star Wars is really just the medium at that point, not the marketing. It's the true medium. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we've kind of tried to yeah. do here. You know, when we we started our, our literacy nonprofit branch is like for us, for for all of us on the team, books have been such an important part of our Star Wars journey, uh, you know, and, and our lives. And of course, myself being a reading teacher, Adriana being a teacher, like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're big proponents of reading. Um, but, you know, it, it's yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that kind of like stands out to me is that like, there's that extra sense of like love and passion in it that you don't get when, like you said, Lindsay, it just becomes the medium instead of, uh, uh, you know, we, we are doing this because it's, it's like when your grandma bakes you a cake, right? There's a, it's something different than, than the cake you get at the store. The cake you get at the store is good. It's sweet. It's got sugar. You enjoy it. But there's another level when grandma makes you her, you know, makes you the cake, right? Cause there's that love behind it. Um, and, and so yeah. 
it's it's really easy, especially in these hard times, to chalk things up to, oh, it's just a movie. Oh, it's just a series. And it's easy for, I think, people who are um, outside of the Star Wars fandom to kind of maybe not understand why these stories mean so much to us. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to get into today is how do we use Star Wars in tough times? What is the meaning behind it that kind of... Um, gets us going that got you know Caden started with rebel cause us started with uh with starting our literacy nonprofit and just kind of our own personal journeys and hopefully uh some of you listening can can relate and and hopefully you'll uh share your journey with us you know we're over on facebook uh we've got our clashing savers uh star wars clashing savers group um over there and then of course on twitter clashing savers I need more pressure. it's on fire the whole thing's on fire all of it's, it's on fire Hey! As a spy? Really could have used your help out there. How'd it go? Really bad, actually. Really bad. On ship. What'd you do to the droid? Uh, what'd you do to the Falcon? Falcon's a lot better shape than he is. BB-8's not on fire. What's left of him isn't on fire. Tell me what happened. You tell me first. You know what you are. What? You're difficult. Really difficult. You, You're a difficult man. You know, what we're talking about today is going to kind of be a, uh, a heavier, deeper topic. And so... Because of that, I wanted to uh, bring a little levity before we get into things. And we're going to play a little game. Okay? You guys ready for this? I knew I wouldn't be spared. No, 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 no. You're going to wish <laughs> you're going to wish you got to guess about some happy beeps numbers. Let me tell you what. Because this <laughs> game is called Have One, Kill One. One, you get to have as a companion, a pet, an emotional support animal. You'll understand more in a minute. The other, you have to kill. You guys ready? It just got real dark. This it, got, <laughs> it got real dark. Guys, I'm going to bring some levity before the deep topic. So let's talk about which, which half of Star Wars we want to kill. Let's go. Okay. See? I'm very uplifting. I'm all about that positivity. Okay. Caden, you are up first. Actually, no, no, no. I lied. Lindsay, you're up first. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have run my mouth. Caden's Caden's a guest. I have to treat him nice. You know, you have to have hospitality. One <laughs> is an Ewok. The other is a Porg. No, I knew you were going to do this, you monster. You oh. monster. <laughs> yeah, we have to have some nice southern hospitality from, from our Texas boy. Oh, by the way. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious me. Whew. Okay. I don't want to do this. I just, I, I want to be very, very clear about this. I don't want to have to say this. But I would keep the Ewoks and kill the Porgs only to feed Chewbacca. Okay. I would just like to... Cla clarify on this now that we've said this and, and it's going to be on the internet i did not say plural i said ewok and i said porg you <laughs> decided to commit genocide <laughs> so <laughs> now that we know the kind of person you are <laughs> now, now that this is where my head is <laughs> Okay. Well, that brings things down. <laughs> I was, just wasn't enough. Oh, man. One for Chewbacca. Like, you know, he had to get rid of that one because they were staring at him all awkward. We can, like, low-key just, like, put it in a to-go box for him. But no, you're like, here's a whole pile of porgs. 
I thought I was going with the theme of the week of helping <laughs> everyone possible. <laughs> and apparently But not. you only said Chewbacca! You didn't say everybody! I know, I know. I'm the worst. <sighs> oh. Alright, Caden. We're gonna take you Yes, sir. To Tatooine. And your choice is okay. a Bantha and an Eopi. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Ewoker's report, well, and he gets. Oh my goodness! I'd probably take out the Bantha man because, like, Bantha burgers. That sounds great. That's what I was kind of thinking. You just got to pick through all we that. Can e- we can eat them, right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, you just got to get through all the hair. It's for not first. just for the sake of murder. <laughs> oh no, no, no! We're we're you're allowed to eat them. Uh, okay. I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm like I'm like very like Native American. Use like every piece of of what you what you kill here. All right, Lindsay, I'm gonna take it a little easier on you this time. Oh, what do I have to decide between like Padme and Leia or something? No, 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 no! I would never do okay. that to you. You have to decide between a Wookie and Baby Yoda. No! <laughs> okay, just just a Wookiee. Just any Wookiee. Uh, sure. Any Wookiee named Chewbacca. Or Tarful. Uh, or anybody that we have an emotional connection to, really, just to make it more difficult for you. Thanks, man. Thanks. I, I really try. Uh, I'll go with the Wookiee just because who knows what potential still lies in Baby Yoda. Alright, all right, Brandon. BB-8 or R2-D2? Oh, BB-8. <gasps> really? First of all, Caden, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, is this even something Brandon, people de- consider? Defend yourself. I would... R2-D2 saves I would- everyone. Who does BB-8 save? Nobody. Episode oh, one. I thought you meant the opposite. Like I thought you were meant like you'd pick BB-8. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh R2 no, no, no. I would, I would kill BB-8. I would save R2D2. <laughs> I would kill BB-8 with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would take his little metal head off. I would and- find that off switch right away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I was Epi- trying to think of the droid, the droid in Fallen Order, but you didn't play Fallen Order yet. Uh BD one. It would still, I would still. Yeah, B, I was going to say like BD1, no, BD1 or Dio, because they're both like the tiny little cute things. They oh, are really adorable. I would definitely have BD1 just so he could like walk, carry, you know, I could carry him on my shoulder. That would be dope. Yeah, fair. All right, I feel like I won. Continue, I, I'm sorry. I think I won this game, guys. <laughs> just saying. I'm kind of an expert, so if you guys want to, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, if you guys want to go, you know, clean your faces up after crying over your defeat, feel free. I'll be here. Fair. All right. (laughs) I feel so dirty. (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, she killed all the porgs. <laughs> all of them. Murdered a murder of porgs. Murdered a murder of porgs. God, I wish I could use that as the episode. Okay, I'm leaving all of this in. We're going to break now. <laughs> the secret, ultimately, which is the bottom line of Star Wars and the other movies, is there are two kinds of people in the world. Compassionate people and selfish people. The selfish people live on the dark side. The compassionate people live on the light side. And And if you go to the side of light, 
you will be happy. Because compassion, helping other people, not thinking about yourself, thinking about others, that gives you a joy that you can't get any other way. Being selfish, following your pleasures, always entertaining yourself with pleasure and buying things and doing stuff, you're always going to be unhappy. You'll never get to the point. You get this little instant shot of pleasure, but it goes away, and then you're stuck where you were before. And the more you do it, the worse it gets. You finally get everything you want, and you're miserable because there's no, there's nothing at the end of that road. Whereas if you are compassionate and you get to the end of the road, you've helped so many people. And we are back and excited to uh, to jump into this topic about Star Wars and tough times. As we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we obviously are all going through a lot right now to uh, various degrees. And, and most of us are doing uh, something to help others to, to some level, whether you are, uh, you know, like Caden and you're serving meals or you are just staying home and taking care of your family. Uh, all of it counts. But there's been, you know, a lot of conversation around Star Wars, obviously, because people are having the time to watch the movies more um, and, and the shows more. And of course, we have some big stuff coming out with Siege of Mandalore and everything. Um, so we wanted to kind of like look at this topic because one thing that always, you know, I think about is, is Obi-Wan talking about those dark times and uh, the f- the faith and the light that he still had even in those hard times so that when the time came and, and he had the call uh, to adventure with Luke Skywalker, he was he was ready and he was he was different than he was in the prequels. You know, um, he was more focused. He he was on a better uh, path. And, and so the force helped him through at the way I look at it. The force helped him through those, through those times. So I just want to kind of start um, with what, you know, we each have, our, you know, our own nonprofit and I want to just kind of get into what the objective of each is and um, why we feel that like putting the lessons of star Wars into the world is an important thing. So, Caden, you've kind of already talked about, you know, what the mission with Rebel Cause is. But but for you, why is it important? Why is it necessary for you to put these lessons that Star Wars has taught you into practice? Wow. Uh, Star Wars just means everything to me, honestly. It's it's always been my my inner mythology, my, my comfort, my um, excitement and adventure. Like, it's been it's been everything. So when I wanted to do good, it it obviously just it just made sense to me that well of course it's going to be with Star Wars. Um, every time, like especially especially recently through through all this, like when I'm tired or when you know when all that through all this, I'll watch something from whether it's I watch a movie or even just a clip from star Wars. And it just, it, it's my energy, honestly. And, and it's been the, not the joke, but kind of the running thing with all the members of rebel cause recently. Like when something crazy happens, we all just kind of look at each other and we're like, well, that's how the force works, you know? And whatever you believe our, our, my personal kind of belief is like the force, you know, it, it really is. It's there. And 
it we've seen it so much more recently through this pandemic that the force is just amazing and it's there for i don't mean literally but like that's what feels to us honestly no i I mean yeah no i get that because i mean you know luke talks about the force in last jedi being you know the energy between everybody and you know that's i mean if you want to get down into like science like it's scientifically proven that there's energy that transfers you know from people uh you know across people and that's why you can walk in a room and and kind of feel you know the tension in the room for example um so no i'm i'm with you there uh that it just yeah there's a, there's something bigger at work I mean, call it karma call it well yeah. i mean yeah call i it mean whatever you want but we call it the force it's it's there for and, sure yeah it's it's been incredible man and you know the the craziest thing is to see you know, I, I've made so many new friends with the homeless community now because we always knew them, you know, and could recognize them. But I know m- most of them on a first name basis now. And it's been really cool to just have people. I And you're going to love this. You're both going to love this story <clears throat> because it has to do with the Star Wars book. Um, One of the one of our friends and that's what we call them. We call them our friends. We, you know. Because they are our friends, but I don't I don't like calling them, oh, the homeless. And, you know, anyway, so one of our new friends, um, we were sitting in there and she was like, oh, man, I love the, the Star Wars theme to your guys stuff. And I was like, oh, thank you. She's like, I really like Star Wars. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, me too. <laughs> you know. And when you hear somebody say, oh, I really like Star Wars, you're like, OK, you know, especially people like us are like, oh, sure you do. Sure you like Star Wars. <laughs> And she starts belting out about Jaina and Jason and how she finished leg- uh, or didn't finish Legacy of the Force, but she was really excited to, you know, read the next ones. I was like, oh, man, she's about it. Like, she reads the books. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of a different level. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, know, you can be into the movies and stuff, but the books are different. So I got to give her, like, a bunch of the Legacy of the Force books. Oh, that's to awesome. To finish that story. That's, that's really so that cool. was neat, you know. <laughs> well, and it's it's and something like just talking about like oh, that that's something that you know uh, I think the people listening to this podcast you know will will understand because we're all like pretty hardcore Star Wars fans, but just the the general public might not quite get why passing that on is something important to us, right? Like. Sure, I teach with Star Wars and I teach with Star Wars to get certain concepts across, but I also teach with Star Wars because me sharing my passion always inspires at least one student every year to become more of a reader, whether that's they get into reading comics or they get into reading Star Wars or they get into reading another series. It, it, again, that energy, I don't ever consciously say like, you need to find like a series, you know, or here's why you should read Star Wars. I never, I never pressure my kids to ever read Star Wars or do anything with Star Wars. Um, but just me being into it, uh, you know, projects onto them to give them the freedom to be into what they want to be into, which I mean, I mean, Lindsay, you do that with your, with your nephews, I know. Oh, yeah. For me, that's, crucial because unfortunately I'm I'm not a teacher. You know, I love my job. I love what I do, but 
I'm in sales. I'm working with adults all day. And very often it comes with the um, kind of pre-misconception, in my opinion, that it's it's all greedy and it's all sleazy and everything is about commission-based. Um, fun fact, though, I'm really not measured on any of that. I work for Indeed. I'm measured on how many people were able to help get jobs. You know, that's always kind of our mission, our slogan, especially now with so many people filing for unemployment, we've really always focused on the thought of I help people get jobs. So I feel good about what I do, but I don't have anyone to kind of impart this wisdom on or get them hooked on the things that I've been hooked on and develop the set of principles that I feel I have from Star Wars Except for my two nephews, hopefully more nieces, more nephews as time goes on. Um, but yeah, that's that's something I'm really passionate about is getting them hooked on these stories and not in a way where I sit them down and uh, like you said, Bay, you you have to read this or you have to watch this. No, I really like just putting Rebels on, putting The Force Awakens on and just seeing what they're interested in. And then later that night, you know, when I'm putting Ryan to bed, it's the story he wants to read. It's not me forcing it on him. It's just letting it come naturally. And I hope that as the years go on, he's able to connect to characters, even if not the same characters, but connect to them in the same way that I have and build that kind of moral code around Star Wars like I feel I have. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that kind of stands out to me there is a a quote that i i kind of have based my my life off of outside of star wars um and, and i mean i'm a christian and, and that's what i believe in um and and there's a i believe it was saint francis uh said once tell everybody about god and use words if you have to which is my it just the idea of that of just living what you believe in rather than you know knocking on the door can i tell you about our lord and savior c-3po you know um actually like putting <laughs> that into to practice and whether that's whether you you know believe whatever you believe in or don't believe in um just taking those lessons and, and living them out um has a has a huge huge impact on on people i mean Lindsay, i know it, it was really really amazing for for all of us here at clashing sabers once we start started seeing all the kids we got to impact and um i mean we were we were able to impact kids of all different levels um special education um and just to see these kids just get so excited over the books uh was was super powerful because we are very passionate about the star wars books so like that's kind of something that's been really cool for clashing sabers but just for like let's kind of get into us on a, a more personal level um, and just kind of what the, the role of star Wars is in our daily lives and kind of how has it evolved a little bit. And Lindsay, I'll let you take that first. Like yeah. what, what does star Wars do for you every day and, and how, as you've grown, has it grown with you? I, this is actually something I love talking about with people who don't necessarily understand why I'm so passionate about it. Because I feel like I can very clearly and very linearly trace all of this. 
And my my way of explaining it to them is Star Wars is amazing because it you're introduced to it as a kid, but as you grow and you learn about the world and your understanding of the world changes, Star Wars grows with you. So when I was a kid, it was fun action adventure movies, and then I started learning more about religion. You know, I've always gone to Catholic school. I've always been very involved with church, and I could start to equate a lot of what I was learning to Star Wars. Then I go into high school and college, and I start becoming more interested in politics. I can still relate that back to Star Wars. Being more interested in history, whatever it is, there's always some kind of comparison to Star Wars. But for me, it really did all start when I first saw it when I was nine years old. Um, And this is something that I don't necessarily talk about too often. Um, But, you know, I was I was the weird kid when I was nine years old. I didn't really want to play Barbies or play dress up. Um, I was a little bit of a tomboy, but it's also hard to be a tomboy when you're not that athletic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was I was the star soccer player or something. Um, so I didn't really have a place to fit in. And then I'll, I will always, always remember being nine years old, starting to get into Star Wars and my big brother just being the typical big brother wanting to pick on me started to taunt me a little bit. And he kept saying, you know, you don't know that much about Star Wars. There's, you know, what about this question? And he would find these little trivia books and try and trip me up. And it kind of became my mission to make sure that I knew everything there was about Star Wars just to prove <laughs> him wrong. And then be- in that, I started to find my place a little bit. And I realized very, very early on that even though when I was nine years old, there were people in their 40s and 50s who had lived with this for half of their life, and they knew things that I will probably never know. And that was okay. It took me a couple years to understand it, but I didn't need to know every little fact and detail and behind-the-scenes thing about Star Wars. What was important was that I loved these books, and I might not have been able to tell you you know, the exact timeline of every single thing Obi-Wan Kenobi went through in his life. But by the time I was 11, I could give you a very, very clear understanding of what he believed in, what his set of ethics were. You know, I wasn't doing it in those words. I was 11. But I could very... I could see 11-year-old Lindsay saying ethics and... (laughs) As I I shove glasses up my face. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But... But to me, that's what was important. And I started, even though I was the weird kid and I was kind of angry when I was a little kid, I was able to develop patience because of what I was reading about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. And that was so important to me. And I could deal with even physical pain because of the way I was reading about Obi-Wan dealing with physical pain as a Padawan. And all of these lessons started to evolve until I got older and I started maturing to the, um, you know, real expanded universe books. And I could still relate all of my problems to these other characters. And it was so impactful for me. And because of those books... That's why I am who I am today. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I know, I know in my heart, 
I would not be as patient and understanding and as loving as a person as I am. And, uh, you know, those those are not by any means the first words I would use to describe me. <laughs> but I know it's in there somewhere because of Star Wars, because of these characters. So I don't, that's, that's what's important to me in why we started Clashing Sabers, because all of that came just because I started to read the books to prove my brother wrong. And it, it turned into this. And I just hope that even though I'm not the teacher, I can still get other kids that help that they might need. I think a lot of the kids that we're impacting, maybe they don't have the best home life. Maybe they, they are the angry, weird kids who don't know where they fit in. But by picking up one of these books, they can at least start to find their place and start to mature themselves. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't want you to cut yourself short, you know, just because you, you've been saying, you know, even though I'm not a teacher, but like, I would say the greatest Jedi were not Jedi, you know, Ahsoka is very much a Jedi. Uh, you know, I would even say Hera lives the Jedi principles, Chirrut lives the Jedi principles, right? And putting those into practice is what matters. And I, I love that you said, you know, how it grows with you, because I know I remember growing up, I wanted to be Han Solo. Because I was not cool. I had no game. Um, I had no swagger or confidence of any sort. And he just oozes, oozes confidence. And so I wanted to be like that. And and as I got older, I started to realize that I, I wanted to be more like Luke Skywalker, you know, and I wanted to be somebody who, who learns from his mistakes. And then, of course, you guys know how important Ahsoka is to me and just how literally every major problem I've faced in my life, I can relate to something that's happened with Ahsoka and the way that she's handled it with such grace. Um, and even when she's, even when she's messed up and, and like, she, you know, rushes off in that season, uh, first season of clone wars and gets, you know, a whole battalion killed. She learns from that mistake and the people around her put their faith back in her because of her heart, you know, which we later see with Ray, like these, things they they've encouraged me and and honestly saved me i don't want to say star wars saved my life because i feel like that could be taken in, in the wrong connotation but in a way star wars saved my life because when i was in in treatment for my eating disorder like i looked at star wars art because i just didn't like i wasn't comfortable i had a lot of problems with with the way the place was run um but the getting back into Star Wars, I started looking at these lessons, right? It had grown with me. And so I started to understand Darth Vader on a different level, you know, Anakin Skywalker on a different level. And then that encouraged me to go, okay, well, what about this thing? What about this thing? And I just found more and more lessons in there. Um, because that's the beautiful thing about Star Wars is it's such a big galaxy that there's all kinds of lessons in there for whatever need you may have, right? That's the 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 point of mythology is speaking to that collective unconscious you know as it's called of of the part of ourselves that we visit in our dreams as as joseph campbell would put it and for me i always call that like your highest form of self right it's it's a it's something that our conscious brain can't define we can't pinpoint exactly what a jedi is because it's it's bigger than anything we could ever be but it's something that we should always be trying to be so that's kind of for me. Caden, what about you? You How guys is... are going to make me cry over here. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean... um, I've never, like, 
<clears throat> I've never heard people put it into words so well, like what I feel. But that was amazing. Well, I mean, like, your journey is, I mean, your journey is very similar, I know. Yeah, I've ne- like, I've always looked at the things that have happened in my life that are, you know, the trials and, and, and tribulations of life and all that as just part of my story in a way, you know what I mean? Like, well, if, if Luke Skywalker went through this, then I'll be fine. And this is, you know what I mean? Like it was always kind of exactly like both of you said, but like I, when things come up, I look for star Wars to relate to and be like, Oh, this is what this is. And that's how I relate this in my head, especially as a younger kid. But I still do. I still do the same thing. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, Lindsay. I actually have literally done it. You know, a few years ago, I was going through a tough time, and it was the matter of, you know, how the hell am I supposed to do this? You know, do do I really have it in me to be able to keep pushing through and actually get through this? And what I did was, and I've never told anyone else that I've did this, so I'll just confess it to, to you two and pretend like I'm not confessing it to everyone listening. <laughs> um, I went out, I bought a journal, and on every page of the journal, I started with um, a different Star Wars character, and I just listed out all of the traits about that specific character that I admire. And then I took it a step further and said, okay, Absolutely. with all of those traits, here's the situa- situation I'm in. Here's what I'm going to do to start acting with those characteristics and those virtues myself. And I think that really was was a turning oh, point for yes. me. That's really cool. Absolutely. Like, oh, that's super cool. And just the other day, I remember I was – so I, I, Rebel Cause has always been – it's been us and we can do – Basically, whatever we want to do. You know what I mean? And I've taken this step recently into this larger world of, you know, there's politics in it now. And I hate that. But it's like the other day I was like, man, I really wish I could have Leia's skill with dealing with politics. And like, you know, and I really looked at her and I was like, how how does she do it? And I was like, well, she's bold and... She don't take no really at the end of the day is what it is. She gets gets it done. And that's how I've I've dealt with it thus far with dealing with, you know, the bureaucracy and and stuff like that. And this I'm like, well, here's what we want to accomplish and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get that done. You know? So that's yeah. yeah. I, I really, I really don't know how much more I can right say because you guys really Yeah, hey, telling you what. <laughs> well, I really don't know how much more I can say because like you guys just nailed everything like that's exactly how i feel just listen back to what they said (laughs) well there's like another another level to it too right because you know kaden you talked about you know calling it the force or whatever you may call it like things work in mysterious ways and and because we surround ourselves with this story that inspires us so much it's there even when we don't know we need it in a way you know um so like Mm -hmm. Lindsay and i I'm not going to go into full details and everything, but if you don't mind, Lindsay, like you were having a tough time a couple yeah. days, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. you, you went out I, for a walk. You want to, you want you I, tell it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was towards the beginning of, you know, the quarantine and the lockdown. And unfortunately, um, I think I've said this the past few times we recorded, but 
I really and truly am in the epicenter of everything right now. Um, so they're, you know, they're turning old, older buildings into makeshift hospitals all around me just to help mm-hmm. people who might have a sore throat or a headache and need other kind of medication. You know, there's no more hospital beds. There's no more doctors. There's ev- everywhere you look, every time I go online, it's, you know, someone new is dying. Um, so it's, it's a tough, tough time up here. And to have the added layer of the situation I personally am in, where, of course, things are stressful at work, but I'm working from home. I live alone. You know, there's no real outlet for me. I'm anyone who knows me knows I'm incredibly physically active. Those outlets were all taken away from me. Um, so I won't go into too much detail, but I will say I was I was starting to deal with things in a very unhealthy way. And I caught myself slipping. I caught myself starting these unhealthy patterns, and I didn't want to go down that road. And I didn't know what to do. Um, so I just went outside. I, I went for a walk, and I looked down, and, you know, who better to talk to than Brandon? He's one of my best friends. He understands things in a way that none of my other friends do. And I told him what was going on. And he goes, you know, he, he knows me so well. He goes, look, you're, you want to be Ray. You know, you want to be able to say, all right, I was knocked down. And knowing everything else that I had been through, all the other people counting on me and watching me, I want to be able to, to rise up and stand again. But in order to do that, I need to think of Zori first. You know, Zori tells us we're not alone. We might think we're alone. And even though physically I am, <laughs> I am alone, I'm not really by myself. And I have this support team and, and I can start using them. Um, so that literally the next day, I have not been the same since, you know, I have been my old self. I've been very healthy. I've been very active, very go-getter attitude. Um, you know, seeing me that night compared to literally just the next day, it's night and day difference, but it came from having someone who understands Star Wars, understands the lessons of it, be able to say, look, I know you're thinking big picture. You want to be this. But don't forget these other lessons. You know, you there's so many things that you can take from Star Wars. You really need to know which lesson you need to tap into at any given time. And that day, that night, it really was, you're not alone in this. You have these people. You are not alone. Keep going. Keep pushing. Um, but that that is... You know, just one way, one of so many ways and so many times that Star Wars has, like you said, be not to be hyperbolic by any means, but I feel like Star Wars has saved my life as well multiple times. Well, and I mean, there was another part of that story that you left out that you, when you were going walking, you stopped, yes, and and had your Leia shoes on that you didn't even mean to grab. And that was kind of a, a it became the launching point for our conversation that we had, you know, just because yeah, of the because strength I, that I Leia looked, has. I looked down, I literally, I, I stopped on uh, these church steps, I put my head in my hands, and I looked down, and on the back of the shoes, it says, uh, there is hope. And I looked down, and I was like, oh my god, I'm wearing my Leia mm. shoes. I just grabbed whatever shoes <laughs> on the front door, and I left. Like, of course, of course, these are the shoes. 
Well, and Caden, you and I, I mean, our entire friendship started over, you know, a loss over over tragedy when when we lost our good friend Steve. And I mean, you're you're yeah. one of the best friends I have, you know, um, and when we talk like yeah, pretty much every day. Uh, and, and all yeah. of that is centered around, you know, us knowing that even though we've never met, even though we really hadn't even talked that much before Steve's passing, just knowing that we had that almost like that common language we could connect over uh, was super powerful. It makes it so easy. Yeah. yeah, it really does. And it's funny that you bring up Steve because I was just looking at the on the feed here, you put Caden of Clan Rebel as my like name on here. And it just reminded me, Steve of Clan Kirk, he always said that. It was not so on accident. Like, right before you said that. It was not on accident. I know, I know. But I didn't really, like, <laughs> notice it, notice it until right before you said it. Yeah, no, it's, and, yeah, no, I, I remember Star Wars saving me specifically, like, when when I was about 19 to 20 years old, I was kind of stuck in a rut. I, I really, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have a job. I was still just living at home. And I, you know, was doing things I probably shouldn't have been going out with friends too much, you know, doing that kind of crazy older teenager, young adult thing. And um, I remember playing the Star Wars MMO, the um, the Old Republic. And, and I just remember being, like, really angry <laughs> at that point in life and just being like, you know, I don't know how to break out of any of this. You know, this is before Rebel Cause, before any of that. I got to kind of translate that me being angry or whatever it was into that game. And I don't know if anyone's ever played it. It's a very immersive game and you have a whole storyline. And I kind of found parts of myself through it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, this is not how I want to be and looking at stuff like that. And, and honestly, the biggest thing now with myself is, you know, it, I'm so lucky with, with all this stuff with Rebel Cause. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. At the end of the day, though, I, there are days I'm overwhelmed and discouraged and, you know, it's it was a hard day and like, why can't this just, you know, why couldn't this just work out or whatever it is and... I've really taken to, and if, if anybody doesn't, I would encourage you to do this, but I've really taken to meditating and everybody has their own way of doing that. And mine is like, you know, I, <laughs> I guess it's not personal, but whatever, but I get in the shower and I turn the lights off and there's, I light like one candle in there and I, that's my time. I just think, you know, it's, it, and it's the most soothing thing in the world, honestly, because I've I've looked at, you know, people talking about like meditating in Star Wars and like finding your center. And that's that's important. And I think that's one of the biggest things recently that's helped me a lot, like through all this, like I'll go days without like sleeping a lot, <laughs> you know, maybe get a couple hours of sleep every night. But my first day, like usually Friday night, I go home, I do my meditating. And it kind of resets me. You know what I mean? It's the just the idea of of finding your center, finding balance. And that's something, you know, um, I've put a couple articles out about. But just kind of as the whole idea of balance has evolved in my head, I feel like we've kind of uh, almost misdefined it in terms of like, 
thinking that it's some big galactic thing when really I feel like maybe it's it's more of a personal thing and and the galaxy is balanced when people are balanced, you know, and and when we're we're able to because the, the dark side's always going to be there, right? We're always going to have those problems. We're always going to have those tough times, you know, um, whether it's something as as serious as this pandemic that we're having or, you know, you, you are short on a supply you need for for meals or it's getting to be testing season or you've got to meet your sales uh, quota, whatever it may be. Like there's different levels of stress, but just knowing how to find that that center point is super important. And I know for me, um, you know, Phantom Menace came out when I was nine. And obviously, I was obsessed. And I read the the junior novel like 47 times in a row, I think it was kind of ridiculous. But my parents were also going through really ugly divorce at the time. And, and I was kind of caught in the middle of everything. And I was a very angry youth. Um, and didn't have really great outlets for it. And when Yoda said the, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. That's the path I saw myself going on because I was becoming angry with everybody because I I was afraid of what was happening to my life. I didn't understand it. Right. That's the, that's the foundation of fear is, is just not understanding something. And so just that kind of became my mantra that helped me to, to, to kind of reset. And it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that as I moved away from Star Wars, the level of my problems increased because I didn't have ways to deal with them. You know, there's truly wonderful. The mind of a child is, you know, my nine year old self got it when my 20 year old self couldn't of finding something to calm yourself, finding something to soothe yourself and finding something that you believe in. Right. It's not just about, uh, meditating or or doing any certain kind of activity without any purpose it's about i'm doing this for the cause and effect of it right because i know it makes me a better person right um lindsay i know for you and me like boxing martial arts like if we if we go too long without doing those we we lose our our way you know um and and we kind of feel out of sorts and it's just interesting that, you know, that we all have these different ways of doing it. But at the end of the day, I think it's all, all still balance. Yeah. That's the perfect way. It's to funny. Play. I was just saying the other day, I've been wanting nothing more than to go <laughs> swing my lightsaber with the Saber Legion friends. And yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny because like, that's something I I got into the last meeting I had with my therapist before all this stuff started uh, was just like, what are what do you can you do to soothe yourself that's not you know just going and and working out for an hour like you need something other than that hour of the day to help you and i was like well i feel really good when i have a lightsaber in my hand and it just like it, i can pick up uh you know i'm at if i'm at school i can pick up my green uh luke skywalker lightsaber and it's there's a piece that comes over me you know um it, it just it's a nice reminder. So, Lindsay, do you have anything like that, like a, a phrase or um, an item or something that kind of helps you recenter yourself? Oh, yeah. And and it's changed throughout the years, but it's funny. It's always actually been um, Qui-Gon focused, which I feel like would actually surprise you just because of how much time I spend talking a lot about characters like Grey, like Ahsoka. But, but Qui-Gon was kind of my gateway drug. 
for all of this. Um, and when I was younger, I was super, super into the um, Jedi Apprentice book series. And something that he talked about all the time, which sticks with me to this day, is that small difference between him and the Jedi Order where he talks about how it's okay to be angry. It is completely natural to be angry or to be upset. And it's okay to acknowledge it for a second. And you need to just let it flow through you. And then you're done with it. And that's something that as a nine-year-old, I've carried with me forever. It's, you know, I, I used to feel bad when I would get angry at things. Because I so often would hold on and act out of anger. And that then got me in trouble. So it was like you would get angry and then it... As a kid, you associate that immediately with, oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Um, but that yeah. helped me realize, like, I, there, there was a different path. It was okay. It was natural. I wasn't wrong to be angry, but I had to let it go. Um, but more recently, really, um, wow, almost exactly one year ago, just over exactly one year ago, um, I was at Celebration and Master and Apprentice came out. And very early on in that book, there is... Mm-hmm. An incredible line that I repeat to myself almost every day, um, which is Qui-Gon says, you are more than the worst thing that you've ever done. And Obi-Wan adds, and you're more Mm. than the worst thing that's ever been done to you. And I use that so often, not just for myself, because I think that it is really important that you are able to be kind to yourself and forgive yourself for certain things and let certain things go. But when I am angry with someone or when I'm passing judgment on someone, that's what keeps going through my mind. You know, I cannot like someone and that's fine, but I can't say, you know, this person did this one thing to me or this person did something to someone I love. So that is all there is to that person. No, they're they're more than than that. They're a good friend to someone. They're a good partner, a good child, a good parent to someone. I just don't have to necessarily like them, but it's wrong of me to think that that's all that person is. Yeah, I mean, it, the scene takes a lot of, of uh, garbage, I think, but the point of the Anakin Padme scene after he kills the Tusken Raiders and she says, To be angry is to be human. The point there is not saying that the genocide was okay, but that the emotion of anger is a perfectly natural thing to have you know it's and this is something that i i really tried to convey to my students because it's something that has been something i've kind of discovered as i've explored star wars more is it's not the the emotions it's the actions right anakin's anger wasn't the problem it's what he did with that anger you know um he didn't find healthy ways to to manage it luke you know, he he did. He found ways to put that anger to the side to make a better choice. He did it in Cloud City. You know, he was angry in his fight with Vader and he's getting destroyed. But when he finally lets go, literally, he lets go. He's able to reconnect with his family as he, you know, uh, as Leia saves him. And then same thing on on the Death Star. And so just that that idea of. And this is part of where the Jedi got lost is trying to shut down emotion instead of saying these emotions exist, you know, powerful light, powerful dark. They exist. 
how are you going to exist amongst them is the thing. So, Caden, what about you? What is what's like your kind of Star Wars mantra or focus point that kind of helps you find your your own personal balance? Yoda's um, when Yoda's talking to Ezra and he says. How it? What exactly is the quote? How a Jedi chooses like, how to win. Jedi, how? How the Jedi choose yeah. to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it all. Yeah, how the Jedi? It's basically how you choose to fight rather than fighting in general, and <clears throat> that's shown me like I could have, and it, that plays with Rebel Cause a lot because I could do things like the example with the the city trying to stop certain things. I could have been like. Psh, I'm going to do whatever I want. We're going to keep fighting for this. It could have gotten us in in trouble with the city, but I stopped for a minute and I kind of, I was with the rest of the crew and I was like, I need, I need to be by myself for a few minutes. And I just went outside and stood there and I was thinking, I was like, what do I, what do I do? Do we just keep, keep doing this or do I think of something else? And that's when I called the mayor and, and everything worked out. And that recently has really been in my head, what Yoda said. And it's, you know, it's how you choose to fight. And that's been there for me a lot recently. And and when I need peace, I feel like either Yoda's or Obi-Wan's description or Luke's description of the Force really helps me. Yeah, and I, that that's a much more enlightened Yoda than we see in the prequels. So I I think yeah. To me there's there's more weight to what he says the the more you go along the timeline, right? Like the the quote that I brought up mm-hmm. from episode 1 is absolutely true. The problem is he doesn't tell Anakin what to do about it. You know, how do I deal with this fear? You're telling me it's bad. That's great. So what do I do with it? Right. Whereas you go to how he deals with Ezra and how he deals with Luke and he's showing them how to deal with these issues. You know, he's he's not just pointing out to Luke that he's hard headed and always focused on the future. He's actually trying to teach him ways to center himself now. And, and same thing with Ezra. He knows that Ezra is going to go out and fight. You know, there's no stopping that. My my thing should not be to tell him to not do this, but to tell him how to do this in a in a good way. And, you know, of course, Kanan plays a, a huge role in that also. But we see, you know, Ezra taking that at the end of, of season four. You know, he's not choosing to win through, you know, taking off Thrawn's head or whatever. He's He's doing it by giving of himself because he knows that that's the only way you know, that he can do it. And and there's a lot of power there. Yoda's, of course, Yoda's like the wise one, but I, I think there's like a, a certain amount of weight to uh, to him the more the more you go along the timeline. So, um, but speaking of like characters, another thing I wanted to kind of talk to you, you guys about is you guys know like Ahsoka for me is my lifeblood. Um, but it, and we've kind of talked about a few of them here, but is there a certain like character or kind of character that really inspires you, empowers you when you have these tough times that you just like, I'm going to act like Ahsoka or I'm going to act like whoever? It's um, it's always kind of changed depending on what stage I'm at in my life. When I was a kid, it very much was Qui-Gon um, because I really like that he was able to 
validate a lot of things that I was feeling. You know, like I had said, it it was nice not just to see a Disney princess who was happy all of the time, and I was supposed to want to be like her, but it was nice to finally have kind of a hero who was saying, look, you're going to be pissed off about things, and that's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, then then growing up and understanding Leia a little bit more, it was certainly, you know, her and Han who I had this deep admiration for. But more recently... It's no surprise to anyone. It's it's Ray, you know, and and if I had to really figure out why, I think it's because I know, like, I'm I'm not a very vulnerable person. It takes a lot for me to open up to show some kind of weaknesses. I mean, even just recording this and speaking about this, like, this is a big big step for me. Um, that is a weakness that I have for myself, for my relationships. And I like that it's something Ray struggles with as well. I have a hard time relating to characters who are already at that point. I admire them. I would like to be more like that. But I don't see myself in them. I very much see myself with Ray, who is so focused on this is what I feel like has to be done I don't really want to rely on other people more than I have to. I struggle with this, um, but I'm going to play to my strengths. I know what my fears are. I don't need to open up and tell everyone what my fears are. You know, in Rise of Skywalker, she's so afraid of being a Palpatine. She's so afraid of coming from the darkness, but she still has trouble opening up to Leia and Finn about it. She does it in baby steps, and she's still able to, with just a little bit of support, go on, do the right thing against all odds, get knocked down, and just come back up with all the fire in her. That's something I really admire. That's something I always hope to be. And it's because we have the same strengths. At least I hope we do. We certainly have the same weaknesses. So that's the kind of character that I, I find myself relating to a lot more in the past, you know, 10 years or so. Yeah, I mean... I just as as your friend, like I can I can see that you're you're very much a and and I'm like this too, which is I think one of the main reasons we connect so well is like, okay, here's the problem. All right, cool. What's the action step? You know, like if, if I if I bring an idea up to you, you're like, okay, here's how we could execute on da 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 da. Right? You have all these these ideas of of how to do it. You're very you know just let's go get this done, which is very very much how Ray is, and you know. As her story evolves and, and she goes on this adventure, I feel like at certain times that's a, a strength for her. At certain times, it's it's a weakness. And and the point of what we see, at least in my interpretation of you know her and Ben, you know, uniting that that look in her eyes when she realizes it's Ben Solo is her finally saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fully open myself up to." these possibilities i'm fully going to make myself vulnerable um literally facing the the greatest darkness the galaxy has ever known she like luke gets rid of her lightsaber you know um i i think that's it's something inspiring in, in the idea even if you didn't like rise of skywalker the idea of it and and the message of ray's character i think is something that is is really something everybody can cling on to so what about you, Caden? You got? Do you have a particular character or archetype that kind of uh, inspires you? Well, I mean, the obvious one is Luke. 
and that's that's always been the character I've related to the most. And even through <clears throat> like uh, the Last Jedi and the evolution of his character, I've related to. Um, it's the beard, so I, isn't I have it? To say, Luke. It's got to be the beard and the long <laughs> hair. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually shaved my beard off. <gasps> um, <laughs> Blasphemy, dude! Dude, it grows back so fast. It's ridiculous. Like it's on it anyway. <laughs> um, it's just really short right now. Anyway, um, so Luke, uh, definitely Leia, and Ray. Like, I love, love, love Ray's story. And just her evolution of going from being somebody who thought she was no one to being this one of the saviors of the galaxy is just... I, and her self-doubt is something I think everyone can relate to. And she has that more than, than Luke ever did. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, the, the entire time, basically, she's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but she's still running through and, you know, she knows she has a purpose and a mission. So she strives to accomplish that, no matter what her self-doubt is. And Luke was very headstrong, right? Like, he, him Luke not having very, self-doubt. The destiny yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and him not having self-doubt, it, it probably was more of his issue. He probably needed to doubt himself a little bit more because he doesn't doubt himself and that's what causes yeah. him to rush off to face Vader, you know, which Yoda tells him, you weren't ready, you weren't ready for this information. So, man, Star yeah. Wars is great, guys. I don't know if, you, if you're if you familiar with it, but I really like Star Wars. So <laughs> uh, Maybe it. I'll watch one. Yeah, you you might want to. <laughs> Speaking of like watching one, as we kind of let's bring it to a close here, and I want you guys to think of one item that would be your sacred Jedi text. What's your sacred Star Wars text that it, it's really the the one thing that supports your philosophy on life and supports you as you are you know, going through tough times. What's that one thing? Caden, I'm going to let you take this one first. Besides my actual sacred Jedi text? <laughs> yes, besides the actual um, sacred Jedi text. Because you made those, so that doesn't count. Yeah. That was really... Okay, it's it's going to honestly kind of be a toss-up between that and my Ultra Saber. Because, like, my Ultra Saber is just a symbol for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... And I, and I love that, and I love what it represents and everything, but I, talking about those texts, like we made one of the books, like one of the sacred Jedi text books for celebration Lancaster last year. And, um, it would just meant a lot to me. You know, it was one of the Thrawn trilogy books. It's the actual pages inside, which was the first star Wars book I ever really read. And, we made it together, like me and a couple different of my friends, and it was for Rebel Cause. So that was that's very important to me. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. What about you, Lindsay? Okay, does it have to be like a physical item? No, just like what's the what's yeah. your what's your version of the sacred text? Um, for me, this is gonna be an interesting one to defend. Um but it is actually Twilight of the Apprentice, which is funny because you had wow. it earlier for something very different. I won't give a spoiler alert as to what. Um, but 
for me, it really is Twilight of the Apprentice because it takes into account, I think, all the facets that Star Wars tries to or has to be. You know, we have the light versus dark. We have it in multiple phases. You know, it starts kind of nice and easy with the Inquisitors. It goes to Maul, then it goes to Vader. That's symbolic because just like growing up, you know, you start with these smaller challenges and then they get harder and harder, but it preps you. You know, the fact that you warmed yourself up with the Inquisitors, could you imagine going in and just fighting Vader? You know, if you're a Sokotano and you haven't had necessary lightsaber hand-to-hand combat in how many years... And all of a sudden, you're against Vader. Like, no. You know, she you, could do it. Calm down. She she could. She could. But you know what I'm saying. There's, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's certain things that you have to get through to prep for the bigger challenges in your life. You are going to make the wrong decisions. You know, Ezra very much makes the wrong decision in trusting Maul in his, you know, Aladdin old man disguise. Um there's there's just these little elements, but more so, it's actually the the ending of Twilight Apprentice that I think is so crucial in that, at the time, we thought Ahsoka dies. Kanan's really wounded. Ezra doesn't know what to do. Like, how many times have we all felt that hopelessness, but there's still something. Maybe it's because it wasn't a series finale, but we knew that there's some kind of hope. Not everything is lost completely. You know, my impression is always that when they get back to Hera, even though she sees Kanan is wounded and Ahsoka's not there, she's not giving up. No one seems to be giving up at this point. That, to me, is Star Wars. It's trusting in, we'll call it the Force, but trusting in whatever it is you trust in, knowing these things about yourself, facing these smaller challenges first, knowing that there's going to be something bigger behind it, and then even when it doesn't necessarily make sense, you just keep going. So I would say Twilight of Apprentice is my big, you know, sacred Jedi text. I like it. So, I like Brandon, it. Brandon, I I completely misinterpreted what you meant. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to interpret it in your own way. So, did you come up with something else? Yes. Yeah, I thought you meant like an item, like what this. No, I mean sacred, it could be it, your it, sacred item is. I mean, uh, really, there it, it can go. Yeah, many ways. I won't since I already talked. I won't make it too long. But it's the moment when. Starting in episode nine, which I, I know we really haven't started gotten to talk about episode nine together as much, but I love that movie like a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's it might be one of my. I don't want to say it's my you favorite can say one, it. but you it's. Can, I uh, say it all the time. You I think it's can. my. I think it's like my favorite Star Wars movie. Yes! Like it's just. Ugh. Yes. <clears throat> anyway, starting from. Poe and Finn's speech together. Well, no, starting from when Poe is talking to Leia's body. And just that build of, like, hope and the the resistance is fighting to, you know, finally going to, to fight Palpatine. And it, it's that whole part 
till the end of the movie is just like that's my jam man like (laughs) i love it i cry i laugh i cheer like every time i see it it's uh lawless is the word no 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 No. i've come uh, this is another thing i've come to realize like there's some decisions I really don't like in Rise of Skywalker, but generally my big issue is just with the editing of it. So I have some questions there. So I wouldn't say flawless, but it is a very powerful message uh, there at the end. And and it says a lot about our heroes and, and it summarizes to an extent some of the the ideas that are present throughout the entire saga about sticking together about you know yeah. uh rising up about all of those things so for me i'm gonna be like super on brand um and i'm gonna say the ahsoka novel because Shocking. i know me picking a book <laughs> about ahsoka well i was here's the thing i was i was originally thinking master and apprentice because quotes wise it does have a lot of of stuff that I really cling to. But the difference for me, the Ahsoka novel, is her figuring out how to be a Jedi without being a Jedi. And that's something that I I really relate to because that's kind of the... I I don't like doing things the way other people do them. I'm not sure if anybody knows that. Um, I I am a rebel in that way. But (laughs) being a teacher, like Hey, being a teacher, like, I don't want to just become what the education system turns a lot of teachers into of just getting these numbers to pass tests or whatever it may be, right? Like, I want to actually impact the students around me with clashing sabers and and our, you know, the community that we have around us. I don't want to just be somebody who's like, you know, that people listen to and think, oh, you know, he's got some good ideas or stuff. I want to be somebody who inspires others to create their own stuff, you know, um, and and put Star Wars into practice in their own life. And even in my relationship, you know, I don't want to become, you know, the stereotypical husband. I want to be somebody who lives these principles that I believe in, in a way that defies expectations. And that's a really like lofty thing to say. It's debatable about whether I can actually do those things um, to the extent that I hope. But that's that's how I approach things. And so seeing Ahsoka having to figure out, okay, I still believe in these things. I still believe in the Force. I still believe in the the principles of the Jedi. But I can't be a Jedi anymore because what the Jedi were when I was there is not what I need to be. And so that's a a message that really I cling to. And on top of that, I think that's really that combined with the uh, the arc we just had uh, with uh, Trace and Rafa is the transition of Ahsoka thinking about things in a on a big picture uh, basis, a galactic basis and, and transitioning into looking at how can I help people. And that's something that I really try to do because this going into like teaching, for example, I went in with like, I'm going to change the education system and I'm going to, you know, you come in with these big lofty goals. And at the when I really got down to it, I'm like, no, I want to change this person's life. I want to change that person's life, you know, um, and it, it became much more personal. Um, and that's really, I think, kind of something Star Wars wants us to take away is 
it's not about winning, as Qui-Gon puts it in Master and Apprentice, it's not about winning some cosmic game. It's about turning towards the light because it's the light. It's about helping people because they're people, regardless of if they are, you know, Darth Vader, you know, or not, Kylo Ren or not. We need to be there. We need to try to support each other. We need to let people know that we make mistakes. We all may make, make mistakes, but we can learn from them and grow from them and become better. And because because of that, we can go out and help other people. And so that's a that's something that I think Ahsoka goes through in in that novel and something that I, I really appreciate. So this is a fun, fun talk, guys. I mean, we got deep. Tell me what. We did. I like it. I feel like it was uh, best, like being back in high school and on a retreat. Right? It's like, welcome to your Star Wars therapy podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, it's cool. I, I enjoy. I like we should have been around a campfire for this. I feel like we yes. were. We have, I'll just get a, uh, I'll get a virtual like uh, campfire gif and put it in our Facebook chat. We'll just all kumbaya together. Perfect. Um, or no, we're not going to kumbaya. We're going to yub nub because yub nub is still the best ending of Return of the Ooh, Jedi. The yub nub. Hey, you got me started. Okay, I did. For for more on that, look out for our Patreon coming in June, where we will have commentaries of all ten films. If I can count 11 films, I can't count. See, I'm a reading teacher. I'm going to have to count. 11 and a half if you count the fact that me and Drew kind of started with the wrong ones. Oh. Like, oh, this is in Spanish and this is Empire Strikes Back. The many misadventures of clashing <laughs> sabers coming to a bookshelf near you. Oh, man. So, Caden, if they want to, uh, if our listeners want to find uh, Rebel Cause, support you guys, see what you guys are up to, tell them where they can find all of that. So you can find Rebel Cause at Rebel Cause Lancaster on Facebook and Instagram and our website now just went up recently. Uh, again, all of that is Rebel Cause Lancaster, whether it be at Facebook, Instagram or dot com. Uh, you can find our podcast Rebel Chatter on iTunes and all those other great podcasting apps all across the galaxy. And of course, you can find us on the Clashing Sabers Network. Yes, yes. And over in our Facebook group. So, um, Caden, I... Brandon, really, I really, truly appreciate the friendship that we have and, and all the support that you have given me through hard times and everything. And one of the big things you did uh, when we were doing our fundraiser was to uh, help us reach our our first goal. Um, you you were the last uh, dollar amount that we needed. So to repay that kindness um, and to, to really live those principles of Star Wars that we've been talking about. When we get off this call, I'm going to Venmo you uh, a donation from Clashing Sabers for Rebel Cause. Thank you so much, guys. Seriously, I appreciate that. So, and, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for for everything, man. And it's been amazing to to become friends with her. I can't wait for us all to be in the same room together. It's going to be dope. It's <laughs> going to be honestly, super awesome. It's- it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And, so. uh, you know, that's what that's what this is all about, guys. And, you know, I'm happy. Uh, I think Steve would be very happy. <laughs> and it, I mean, as close as we are. Yeah. I, and and it's not like I'm not doing this, you know, to to pay you back or, you know, to to try to get, you know, a pat on the back or anything like that. But I really believe like we like we've been saying, we have to live. We have to live these principles and, uh, you know, if we're if we're going to yeah. preach it, you know, we need if we're going to talk it, you know, for an hour and a half now, we need to walk it, too. And so 
I encourage any of you out here out there who are listening, whether it's something uh, with the coronavirus or uh, the education system that's struggling right now or whatever it may be, anything you can do to to lift someone's spirits and to support each other is going to mean a lot right now. So, uh, Lindsay, you, speaking of inspiring, are always inspiring people on your Instagram and Twitter. So tell them where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me, um, of course, in the Facebook group, Clashing Sabers. You can find me at on Twitter at the Lady of Lore. Um, you can find me, you know, on Instagram. It's pretty much all boxing stuff, but there's a full force Lindsay there. But really, mostly, I just want to keep the focus today on these two causes. Um, of course, we have the Clashing Sabers nonprofit, but. Caden, I can't tell you, like I said, I, I really am seeing the firsthand effect of the pandemic so closely, not just because of the area yeah. I live in and people getting physically ill, um, but the, the industry I'm in. You know, my days have gone so quickly from talking about people who are starting to make hires and grow their businesses and really put money back in their own pockets for them and their family to, in just a matter of a couple of days, turned into... I'm having to lay all these people off. You know, I don't know what they're going to do. People are losing their jobs, their apartments, things like that. So your cause is is really hitting home for me just because I, I am seeing the firsthand effects in multiple ways and ways that I don't think a lot of other people are. Um, so I hope you know what you're doing is just absolutely incredible all the time, but especially during this time. So I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And same to you guys. I... I'm sure those kids that got those books are really using them right now, especially, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, hopefully. All right. So, yeah. So, you you know, you know where to find us, ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com if you want to uh, send us your uh, story of Star Wars and tough times and how it helps you or anything uh, like that you would like to share with us. So, it feels appropriate to go really, really old school. And by really old school, I don't mean like the beginning of uh, Clashing Sabers. I mean like the beginning of Star Wars. And I'm going to close this one out by saying, may the force of others be with you. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use different informational and educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here.